I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show what a time Life's to be alive funny, isn't it <laughs> it's scary how funny it is i know that's like page 12 <laughs> so many so many so many damn books Welcome to So Many Damn Books. I'm Drew. I'm Christopher. And in the damn library today, we have Alyssa Nutting with us. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Uh, You are the author of, most recently, Made for Love, coming out on July 4th, as well as um, the novel Tampa and the short story collection um, Unclean Jobs for Women and Girls, um, which is an awesome story collection as well. And uh, you teach right now at... Where are you teaching? Um, right now I'm at Grinnell College in Grinnell, Iowa. Ah, and, and you live in Iowa and you're out here. Thanks so much for joining us here in yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Gosh, I'm, I'm so excited to have you in the uh, in the damn library. Tampa was such an amazing, crazy uh, way to get introduced to your voice yeah. as a writer. I've um, never read anything like that book. And that, <laughs> like, that includes like Marquis de Sade. Yeah, and I've never... Uh, Never had that experience. I read an arc of Tampa and had that. Me too, like, with the awesome, parental advisories. Enormous oh, parental yes. advisory on the yes. cover, which I've never Memories. seen in the book <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's an honor to have you here with us. I uh, made you a really weird cocktail. So let's talk about that. It's inspired by your new novel, Made for Love, out from Echo. Uh, And this uh, drink I'm calling The Dolphin Desire. Um, For reasons that will become clear when you read the book. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Can you you say come like on this podcast? Oh, okay. Sorry. I just wanted to check. (laughs) I was just curious. Yeah, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a a milk punch uh, cocktail that... um, is also with so that's made with cereal milk uh, which is something that of course uh, momofuku sort of brought up yeah uh into the world of making drinks and i guess this is a please don't tell recipe uh the, and it's just a uh, cereal milk brandy and dark rum and a little mm. bit of uh, vanilla extract shaken over ice and then poured over a big ice cube and then and if topped, you have them topped with some lucky charms marshmallows yeah actually there's actually dolphin marshmallows because this is off-brand Lucky Charms that I used. Perfect. Yeah, it's great. Thank goodness. Yeah, and it's a really weird tasting cocktail, it's I must say. surprisingly delicious. I'm glad. I looked at it and I was like, oh, God, I really don't 
It, yeah, it looks really ejaculatory. <laughs> um, with the froth, even. But then you, yeah. you drink it, and it's quite wholesome. Really. Yeah, it's it's like you're it's getting childhood. vitamins yeah. of some kind. There's some sort of <laughs> weird uh, childhood connection with the cereal milk. Um, yeah, it's a it's a, a different sort of thing. I actually recommend making it. Definitely. Well, well, let's talk about what we bought. Yeah. You want to start us off, Drew? Uh, sure. I just picked up. Actually, technically, it wasn't me. Um, my girlfriend was in Austin, uh, and was uh at Book People, and picked up uh Kevin Wilson's Perfect Little World. Mm. I loved his first novel, The Family Fang. Um, mm. like my sister and I were really pushing hard to do an adaptation of it, and then Nicole Kidman and Jason Bateman did it, and we were like, well. Okay, that makes sure that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> they have the name recognition for yeah, some reason, you know. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, this one's about a cult? Like a cult or some kind of family experiment situation. I don't that know why why both of our voices went up on cult. Like, don't want to call that it was a cult beautiful. We don't, yeah, we don't want to offend cult members who may be listening to the show. I guess I wonder if it's a or just like a commune like um, Lauren Groff's Arcadia. Oh yeah, maybe. That's what I was sort of thinking with that book. Same even sort of color scheme on the. Yeah, I don't. know. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah, well, or I you will. will. Yeah, because you bought it. Yes, I'll read it someday. Um, Alyssa, do you want to talk about what you bought? Um, I brought. I bought a um, Universal Harvester. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Um, which I I haven't I haven't gotten to read yet, but um, I I just found out I didn't know this. Um, he lived in Grinnell, where I live for a brief period oh, wow. of oh, cool. time. Um, and uh, and the book takes place, you know, in in kind of um rural Iowa. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm interested, and I like murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, not doing it, reading about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a yeah. We both have read that. Yeah, I really like that. It's very strange. It's a really strange novel. I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> Such a surprise. <laughs> um, Christopher. Yeah, I uh, I bought. I'm. Uh, I noticed that uh, they released a new adaptation of Sherlock Holmes all the time, but now they're uh, they just have Stephen Fry reading the entire. It's 64 hours long. Whoa. And he just reads all the novels, all the short stories. Um, and I have read some of them, but I've never, I've never just sat down and just read all of Sherlock Holmes. So I'm really excited to have Stephen Fry read it to me. Yeah, that feels pretty perfect. He read uh, Harry Potter to me once. Oh. On an audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> Although it felt like he was there. Yes. Um, so he was the voice of Harry Potter and he had the best, he had a better Hermione voice than Jim Dale did, which is mm. why I chose. Anyway, so I'm excited to to hear him voice Watson. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. He also, uh, he was Mycroft in the Robert Downey Jr. Holmes series. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that until just now. I forget that there was a second movie and it was ostensibly a series yeah it's actually i like both of those movies i do too i just keep forgetting that there was a second one yeah (laughs) anyway (laughs) let's talk about your novel made for love great 
my way in is Tampa because Tampa was such a very specifically voiced hmm. novel and um, so so much like high wire stunt work it felt like that this almost feels like another debut mm. um like that one's so connected to the character and this one feels like more like an authorial i, I don't know just a, how did you how did it feel coming off of tampa and then then writing working on your next novel yeah definitely um i i think that that's that's a pretty apt you know, way, way to put it, um, you know, writing, writing Tampa was kind of a lot like this, you know, sort of possession, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, feeling sort of where, um, where, yeah, my own, my own kind of, yeah, life and, and thoughts and, um, you know, personhood, right. Kind of, um, had to vanish, you mm-hmm. know, for sort of such a, monomaniacal you know kind of um (laughs) voice to to take over um but but this book has a lot of um of me in it um you know particularly kind of the main character of of hazel um i i started it kind of when i was on on the end of my um crumbling first marriage and um you know i'm like yeah i'm writing this novel about you know this woman who leaves her husband you know no big deal no connection you know (laughs) to me or my actual life right you know like cut to several months later right you know when he he's moving out um you know and that was kind of when I had to step back and say oh (laughs) right um yeah so so you so this was you talking to yourself before you even realized very much so very much so do you find that happens a lot when you're writing I mean Yes. Um, so my, I'm now, um, I'm married to, uh, to the novelist, um, Dean Bacopoulos and he read Tampa before we met. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> not like in preparation, just, you know, like we never planned to, you know, we didn't, we didn't know each other personally, you know, but, um, but he read it and it was funny because, um, I'd never thought about, you know, she, she, uh, the the main character in Tampa is in this kind of sham marriage, you know, to, to sort of cover um, as a cover story. Um, and she just hates him, right? She mm-hmm. hates her husband, uh, Ford. And I'd never really thought about that, you know. Um, and, and after we first met, you know, we're just kind of sitting there drinking. And he's like, yeah, you know, I read that novel and I thought, you know, this is this is like this is a writer that's very unhappy oh. in her marriage and I had no idea right mm. that I was um it it, it it was really interesting to me right mm. that that could be such a shock to me um you know that that sort of someone could could read that um and see it mm-hmm. huh but you know I, I I think that that does happen a lot of times um I mean you know we I, I think, too, it's like the things that you don't want to put into your stories most, right, oftentimes mm-hmm. are like kind of your indelible like fingerprints, you know, that, that you can't leave out. I remember, you know, just thinking, um, I'm going to write a story that has like nothing to do, you know, with like um, death, you know, or like you know, just sort of being obsessed with death, you know, and I wrote a story and I sent it out and, you know, the editor like called me and was like, we want to publish this. It was, you know, such a great meditation on death. (laughs) Um, 
and you're just kind of like fuck but but I mean I think that's that's definitely something I, I'm learning you know like going from from kind of like a, a writer in you know my mid-20s to a writer in my mid-30s you know is like to lean into those things yeah. you know whereas before I mean I was kind of constantly trying to like escape myself and escape mm. my obsessions right and sort of branch out and um and and go away from them now I really um yeah I really try to go deep into them you know and I realize them as as part of what makes me me as mm -hmm. a writer Before we go any further and start talking about Made for Love, I'm wondering if you would give us sort of the authorially approved <laughs> synopsis. Yeah. Because there are certainly things that reading the back cover of this book and then starting the book, I was like, wait, what the fuck is going mm -hmm. on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's a good authorial synopsis. Um, <laughs> Actually, but um, so the novel kind of follows um, this this woman, Hazel, um, who is trying to leave her husband, who's like this like kind of super evil Steve Jobsy figure. Right. Um, this tech billionaire. Um, but uh, because of um, some internal surveillance devices um, that he has uh, implanted inside of her, um, leaving him is really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so she's the main storyline of the book. Yeah. I'm curious to know how real life tech paranoid you are, because there's a lot of, I mean, even just thinking about the things that have happened in the last six months with hacking and surveillance and Congress revoking uh, any protection that we had from our ISPs. There's like a prescience here of like, Oh yeah. Right. In like the same way that Dave Eggers is the circle. Like, yeah, we mm. should be terrified of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm wondering how a real life terrified you are. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's hilarious too, because like the ways in which like you, the, the times at which, you know, I'm like so willing to give up, you know, um, my security are usually like extremely dumb you know what I mean like so I'm on like a Domino's pizza app you know on my phone right and I really you know I mean like I would sign away anything you know for like the free cynistics like um I mean I think I'm like I'm like too dumb to be truly paranoid you yeah. know um and also it's it's kind of like I don't know I mean at, at a certain point um yeah you're you're like well what can you Divorce, like, also, I feel like, steals you against this. And this is really kind of something, you know, that I was thinking about in, in writing the book, you know, which which I started, you know, kind of as I was saying, when I'm just sort of, like, thinking about, okay, like, how how is it possible to leave a relationship in this day and age, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, truly leave it, right? Um, I mean, because you always sort of have that, like, digital, right? You know, right. kind of, like, space that people can see and tap into and, and watch you from and surveil. Um, you know, so I mean, I, I was really, I was really interested in, in that and in, in writing this book and, and also kind of really just kind of learning to give into that. Right. Um, because like I was married for 12 years. Um, and when you're with someone that long, um, there's not a whole lot that they don't know about you. Hmm. And it's terrifying to have that person then walking around on the planet, like with no 
alliance or loyalty mm-hmm. right to you anymore like knowing you know the 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 best of you sure but also you know more importantly like the very you know worst like yeah. most humiliating um yeah, most unflattering, etc. Um, I mean, and that to me, at least, that was something I really had to come to terms with mm-hmm. in order to to end a relationship, you know, and and get divorced. It was a really big hurdle. So I was thinking about that, and that's really on the page. I mean, Hazel is so uh, that that's something that's definitely on her mind is how much he already knows about her, and mm-hmm. and it feels like you took that and ratcheted it up to eleven by saying like, not not only. <laughs> Not only do you feel that emotionally, but there's also a surveillance tape of her walking around at all times. Yeah. Since, like, mm-hmm. since the moment she appeared at the hub. Correct. Um, which seemed like a terrifying place to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sleep helmet thing in particular uh, that they wear to go to sleep in that like. Yes. Um, see that um, that that spoke to me because I have that little app that again, like I also was just like, I care about my privacy, but sure app have something that stays open while I sleep. Yeah. Um, that like measures your, uh, how much you move in your sleep and yeah. wakes you up when you're right. in, at the end of a REM cycle, apparently. Yeah. And so I, I could see myself reading a pitch for a helmet like that and being like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, me too. You know, I'm, um, sleep is, is a, a bad thing for me. You know, like I, I've always had this really, um, rough relationship with sleep, you know? Um, and yeah, would do, would do about anything. But I mean, I, th- I think, I think it's also like this, this weird relationship where, you know, it's, I, I think we don't just, just kind of look at it as, as an issue of privacy i mean it's also this kind of like gain of intimacy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and and i mean I, i've used that app and i've had things that stay open while i sleep um i use them a lot more like when i travel and i'm sleeping alone mm-hmm. you know and i find myself almost comforted yeah you know um and i mean you know like there are even like practical levels you know i mean just like as a person you know like you know unfamiliar right Mm -hmm. you know kind of like with an area sometimes like having your cell phone in your hand right just Mm -hmm. sort of like gives you this sense of security but um i mean i I think it goes way beyond security into like loneliness and Mm -hmm. companionship and really just wanting wanting to not be alone but um i mean technology is great because you you can have that companionship while being like as selfish right (laughs) as you want to be i mean that's why i sure enjoy it yeah i i think that's part of the reason why it's so addicting Mm -hmm. yeah it seems to me like the novel is partially about just the theme of there is no such thing as a quick fix like there's no Mm. there's no amount of technology or a pill or a thing that will fix you you're gonna still have awful (laughs) 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 i don't know i it was i don't i don't know comically serious or seriously comic Mm. in the book that it felt like i don't know you lessened the blow of that truth a little bit (laughs) (laughs) thank you i mean that well i i think that that that's like the thing too that like just as a like really flawed individual like i keep failing to learn Mm -hmm. you know it's like i'm constantly going for the shortcut 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I remember that that kind of like marshmallow psychology test, right? Where oh, you can yeah. get yeah. like a, a marshmallow right now or like several marshmallows if you just wait, you know, and I would never have waited, right? <laughs> um, and and I mean, I, I keep, I don't know, I um, it, it's, it's shocking to me and almost like I'm almost a little bit proud, right, of the way um, of the way I really like refuse to grow and learn, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of understanding um yeah like this actually isn't gonna do it Mm -hmm. you know like um our entire kind of culture is built around like selling you right like (laughs) the next shortcut um and uh yeah i I seem to be so committed to falling for it every every time time. (laughs) yeah it's funny i was thinking of um the novel Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, <laughs> which uh, has, sure. which <laughs> it's, it had a similar beginning of how mm-hmm. he, of how she meets the, oh, yeah. and I was curious what, if that was purposeful. You're yeah, smiling at me. <laughs> I, well, yeah, there was, I mean, I, that, it was just such a phenomenon, you know, um, and uh, Tampa got so many weird comparisons, you know, <laughs> right. like just because like we were both female writers you know like <laughs> i mean despite the fact that like there was nothing right at no. all like our books could not be more oppositional right <laughs> um but it just got so much so it was really in my brain you mm-hmm. know because i'd had to talk about it a lot um and i was just thinking how hilarious that all was you know and like who like who right if you know sort of i as this you know um completely you know sort of just like penniless you know like like just you know 20 something you know person like get involved in this relationship Mm -hmm. right with like this young dynamic billionaire like who is he actually (laughs) going to be right Right. he's not gonna just be like i all i care about is giving you orgasms right (laughs) like that's i guarantee that is not his agenda um you know and i mean i i think too just like looking um because i'm i'm very interested like in in relationships in the media you know and i I love, you know, watching, you know, just sort of like, you know, you brought up Facebook, right? You know, his marriage fascinates me. Um, yeah. you know, but you, know, you look at these relationships, you know, and they like Fifty Shades, they are not, you know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that I kind of wanted to write this like antidote, you know, of actually you pay a huge price. Right. Right. For such a relationship. Um, I guarantee you pay such <laughs> a huge price. So we've talked a lot about one side of the story, but there's mm-hmm. another side of, of Made yes, for Love, yes. uh, which is a, a um, you know, is, is this character Jasper, who uh, I guess you could just say is sort of, sort of like a um, Holly Golightly character, sort mm-hmm. of. Oh, um, yeah, interesting. Like Breakfast yeah. at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. Um, he's that's how he mm-hmm. lives his life is by peop- uh, women with money, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then there's this entire plot of uh dolphin sex <laughs> mm. um i've said this to so many people as i've like been reading the book and just burst out laughing or come back from like a lunch break at work and my colleagues are always like what are you reading and i'm like well 
Yeah, it's it's this funny thing I do with this book. I um I do, I make other people bring that part up. Um, <laughs> Literally, so that, it's not so even that I can on watch you. Yeah, just so I can watch like the squirming and like the ways, like the various like hoops that are jumped through <laughs> right before like you allow yourself to say the phrase "dolphin sex." Um, <laughs> that, I it's mean, fascinating. The, the chapter where Jasper is introduced, it you're like, who the hell is this dude? I'm going to, mm-hmm. okay, he's like a Jesus looking con man. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. What's ha- And then you keep asking, what's happening? Can you talk a little bit about the origin of this? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, um, or is it illegal? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we can preface the entire conversation with the fact that like he never fornicates with a dolphin yes. in the book. So I think we're on solid ground, right? (laughs) Um, Legally speaking. Um, But so, you know, Hazel, the thing about Hazel, you know, who's kind of the, um, the female protagonist, she, she does marry Byron, like in, in a lot of ways for money, but she really expects to fall in love with him. Mm -hmm. You know, she really, you know, it's, it's not, it's not sort of like this um, marriage of arrangement. Right. Mm-hmm. Where they both know, you know, which which I think I think if that had been the case, she would have been OK emotionally, maybe. And Byron, you know, probably would have been OK as well, you know, because it would be it would have been more like a contract, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and they both would have understood what was expected of them. Um, instead, Hazel had no idea what was expected of her. Um, and her expectation was that if I just sort of try, you know, or invest myself or spend enough time with this person or whatever, you know, I'm going to fall in love. That's the the danger of growing up with Beauty and the Beast. Really? Oh, (laughs) gosh, what a good point. What a really good point. Um, Yeah, I mean, true, you know, truly. And um, it it is a a dangerous myth, you know, and I mean, it's certainly one that I fell into, Mm -hmm. you know. um, I it's hilarious because I really like, I got married very, very young. Um, and I did it as this kind of like safeguard against loneliness. I thought, Mm -hmm. right. I really thought, well, this way I'll never be alone. Right. Um, and I mean, you know, the irony, right. Is that being, I think in a unsuccessful relationship is far lonelier, (laughs) right. You know, than um, than having like a rich independent life. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that was a a lesson learned, but, um, but Byron is, is, or sorry, Jasper is, um, Jasper's like Hazel in some ways and and not like her in others. You know, I mean, they're both kind of getting into these relationships. Um, you know, again, they're sort of like that capitalism thing, you know, um, Jasper really doesn't ever want to be in love. He sees being in love as sort of being on the losing end of a power dynamic, yeah. Hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so he wants to con, you know, he, he sort of wants to be with women and, and sleep with women in, in sort of this, you know, false way so that, you know, he's never kind of vulnerable or exposed, um, you know, and, and Hazel's kind of entering into this relationship in a false way, because she really thinks that that's the key to sort of getting to a a truthful place. Mm-hmm. One of the things I loved about Jasper mm-hmm. is how proud he is that he's like I can I will I'm attracted to anybody. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I I think that that is a it's mm-hmm. a it's a funny thing to be like really proud of yourself about. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> because everybody's attracted to everybody? Yeah, or? I don't know. Just like... Um, just that that he puts that out as like mm-hmm. i have this amazing talent a superpower yeah yeah that, yeah that he believes that that is a superpower is really he really does he really does i mean i think i think that you know that's that's out there mm-hmm. right you know that sort of um you know that that like we have this like very like slender window i think of like what what we're told it's acceptable to be attracted to mm-hmm. right you know and then sort of our our shame or guilt you know or feelings of deviance right often arise um out of um yeah us encountering the ways that that's absolutely not true um but you know i mean he very much kind of he himself is is like very much like fits into that window right of like mainstream attractiveness um yeah so i mean i, I think for him it it's it's like this benevolent gift of charity, right? That, <laughs> that he is. has, right? Yeah. That he that he can get aroused, yeah, right? I'm, With someone I'm who so doesn't beautiful. look like a cover yeah. model. Yeah. You are a master at the first sentence. Oh, um, thank you. Um, yeah. Tampa has that first sentence that I, I'm like, oh, let me read you from this book. <laughs> um, if you like this first sentence, you will like the book. Yeah. Um, and the same thing is true for Made for Love again. And how did you get interested in first sentences? And do you prize them like it seems like you do? I do. And um, I mean, to be, yeah, like now that I've had this, um, yeah, this dolphin delight, <laughs> I can, yeah, be a little realer, right, than I might have been um, before. But I mean, I, I think that I do that, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm interested. I, I love sort of meeting writers, you know, and um, that I've never met before and then going back and reading their work after sort of like having that experience with them Mm -hmm. you know and seeing like are are there things right that that I wouldn't have like known or noticed um but I I'm all about you know like I'm way better right in terms of like the initial possibility Mm -hmm. you know I think um you know which is like my my gift and my flaw you Mm. know um I really love something you know like when when sort of like I first encounter you know and i'm just sort of like thinking like this is this is what it can be Mm -hmm. right um you know like the gym memberships you know (laughs) (laughs) you sign up for and then um but i mean i really i tend to i tend to do that you know um the yeah the beginnings are exciting to me i Mm -hmm. guess is what i'm saying and um i mean i think also you know um i don't know if this is true for all authors but um i mean obviously (laughs) everyone's really really different but um but i also you know don't don't think that um that i'm uh, unique in this way you know I, I think just like you you sort of write sometimes in um in in the ways that appeal to you right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in the ways that you'd like to read um and I certainly um I certainly within books you know like strong beginnings mm-hmm. are what are what push me through um you know I uh I'm just one of those awful people you know who um who start like every single book in the world right and I don't finish every single book in the world you Mm -hmm. know and um and beginnings are are really important to me in terms of of whether or not um I go all the way with that but I don't know I mean just thinking about in like friendships and almost like everyone close to me it was like this 
it was like, I mean, within the first like 30 seconds, mm. you know, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I do carry that over into my writing, you know, I mean, I want it to be really special right away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pivot just a second here. I mean, Made for Love um, sometimes had the feeling of, of a short story writer at work. Um, mm. I think that's partially because I just, uh, I love your short story collection. But um, I was just thinking like sometimes the way that Hazel's mind will wander was just like enough for a short story at some places. Especially there's even moments like, like the whole scene of uh, the sex doll Diane, which we haven't even talked about. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> um, we've managed to avoid saying sex doll <laughs> once so far. I know, and it was me who said it. Um, but like getting her hand stuck inside of Diane, mm. like that itself could have been a short story that you just pulled out and um, gave to the world by itself. Um, so it felt like a short story writer at work in a lot of places. But then you would just stick to the character and say like, okay, here's what would happen next then. <laughs> um, which I guess is how novels work. Uh, but so I was thinking about that going into um, a, a short story collection that you brought to us, um, like that your love of the form, you know, bringing this to us uh, for this particular collection made me think like, oh, this is going to be something pretty special. Um, what what made you bring him, me, Muhammad Ali by Randa Gerard to us? Yeah, it's pretty special. Um, I... I'm just consistently delighted by this collection. Um, it, it's one of those, you know, books that sort of you read it once, like in a wind, you know, mm -hmm. like you just can't put it down. You know, the, the first time I read this, I read it all the way through, you know, and then since just like keep, you know, returning to it. And um, just al also as a creative writing teacher, you know, there are so many um, stories in it, you know, that um, that are just so good for for kind of all of all of the you know, various points of craft. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, like one, one of the short stories has, um, it's from the point of view of a falcon, oh, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that, uh, that, yeah, sort of, they, they, you know, wonder if, um, if it's, if it's a spy, right? You know, which, uh, if it's harboring this, like, you know, microchip basically, right? Which, um, which uh, made me think a little bit of Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, you know, I also think that, um, that it's sort of a really good symbol, you know, for, for kind of like the, the collection as a whole um you know this this falcon and um i mean just even in in kind of like the the books you know write-ups it, it talks a lot about uh the the bird term accidental transplant mm -hmm. right which is sort of like when migratory birds you know kind of get um get lost or, or go astray um but i'm I, I think it just covers so much spectacular ground um you know not just sort of like you know different countries and continents but different people um and and also one of those things where as a, a 35 year old you know woman i still um i'm still sometimes surprised you know you sort of like consider yourself steeled you know to certain types of like indoctrination mm -hmm. but then I read a book like this and it, it really sort of makes me realize like how much I'm just used to like looking at at male characters as heroes you know yeah. um yeah I I felt like I kept having I I was often um 
reminded or surprised to find out that the character was female mm-hmm. and that was just like oh why do i always think that these are male characters at the beginning yeah i don't know why that kept happening here um and it every time i'm just like i i won't make that mistake again <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you know i would i mean there's so many there's a lot of stories in this collection for something that's uh 200 pages long yeah, um, yeah. does did any particularly pop out to you to you um other than that was testimony of testimony of malik prisoner number two eight seven six nine zero that you were talking about such mm-hmm. a good title for a story too. yeah uh it's and she was able to cover so much socio-political ground mm. from a bird's perspective oh my gosh yeah which yes. is so cool I mean, the characters are just phenomenal, you know, and, um, and yeah, I mean, I think because a lot of the, a lot of the stories are set in these like really spectacular places, right? So, I mean, I think that that says something, right, about like the level of characterization that we're dealing with, right? You know, Mm -hmm. that sort of like setting can become secondary, right? Yeah. Um, in, in some of these stories where, you know, um, the setting is, is, you know, really rendered, you know, in, in sort of spectacular detail. Um, but I mean, I, I think too, just, I really, I really always internalize kind of that, um, you know, that if, 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 if nothing's wrong with you, like your life is going to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, uh, you know what I mean? Like there, are, you know, there are different like scripts for this, right. Mm-hmm. You know, like depending on, you know, sort of like your, your various kind of like markers of identity, you know, but, you know, just like speaking, you know, like as, um, you know, on, on sort of like my, my female identity, right. It was sort of like, well, if, if nothing's wrong with you as a woman, right. Like this is how your life is going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's almost never right. Like how life goes. And it, it also wasn't, you know, sort of an, until I got, you know, was dealing sort of with divorce, you know, that, um, I mean, you, you realize that, that life is not, um, life is not, you know, kind of like what, what you're told that, that it might be. Um, and I mean, there was just sort of like something about, you know, sort of like in so many of, of the stories, you know, these, these characters are on the outside of that, right Mm -hmm. you know kind of like um expected track right Mm -hmm. like in terms of like what you know like their family is saying like you should do right or sort of like what their you know social circle right is you know is saying hey you know you need to do this or what culturally is expected Mm. um and that that to me you know was so important um i mean you know it was it was a really like oddly healing you know Mm -hmm. book for me to read um and also you know like these are really kind of like filthy right you know (laughs) female characters and that's um it's really important you know and uh and you know there there were various you know times in the book when um yeah, I mean, it, it was weird. It was almost just, you know, like I felt this kind of like weight, you know, like being lifted off, you know, sort of like reading about, yeah, or like just, you know, sort of like reading kind of like this, this thought, you know, or this directness, um, you know, or, or this kind of like crassness, you mm-hmm. know, and, and having it come from a female character, right, rather than um, than a male character that, yeah, um, I read it. I read it all the time. Of course, I'm reading this partially. I, I'm reading this because you um, uh, recommended it. So I'm thinking about it in relation to your your work. And um, in this book, when when normal sex shows up, 
I mean, it's all as transgressive as it feels. It's normal. It's just mm-hmm. like masturbation and uh, the only sex scene is a lesbian sex mm-hmm. scene. But the cultural expectation here is really interesting of, yeah. of how just normal sex is as transgressive as something that's that you deal with in your work. Yeah, um, no, definitely. And I mean, I think that like that, that is one of the things that sort of like I, my writing does, right? You know, like I really think about sex, you know, in, um, in my writing. And uh, I I mean, I find it odd, you know, just sort of like in, um, in in collections and novels, um, where it's absent, Mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, I uh I don't know. I mean it it seem it seems like a weird omission, I guess. <laughs> um and I mean I, I understand, you know, um sort of the you know, it I think I think for a long time, you know, it it's it's been kind of like a real gatekeeper, right? You know, mm. and um it's like a great mark of like privilege, you know, who's allowed to write about sex, you know, and, and who yeah. isn't. Um and and yeah, so I mean, you know, just in, in this in this collection in particular, um, you know, just with, with each characters and, and the ways that it's rendered and also I mean the um you know, just just how kind of uh intrinsic it is, you know, I mean there's sort of like this offhanded line about her, you know, having like found her mother's right, like diary, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, which is filthy, right? And um Right, that's I, I have you know, that one open, yeah. I mean, things like that. It's like you really can't. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think you can sort of like make enough, you know, of just sort of like what those like offhanded details, you know, like do right that she was a mother and she had, you know, like this like you know sex life. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's oddly not. Um, I mean, not oddly. It, you know, it it, it it's. Um, yeah, it's been. It's uh, great to see. I don't think I would uh, uh, read any family member's diary if it turned out to uh, contain details like that. I think I would probably put that away. Well, like when you got to that point, yeah, you'd be like, oh, like, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, that would be the time to turn that off. <laughs> this collection is such a great introduction to an author because mm-hmm. I she's working in what seems to be nearly every possible mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there are Amy Bender, Karen Russell-esque stories that have these surreal twists. Then there are politically potent stories. And then there are ones that feel like everyday life. Right. Mm-hmm. And she moves so seamlessly between them. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. That Kestrel story that you were talking about yeah. is like, it's like her in her like George Saunders mode. Like I can, right. I can use this to kind of explore anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really Again, it's only 200 pages. It's and these and it's also like enormous print. Uh so <laughs> uh it's it's sort of awesome in that way too. You you cover so much ground in like 10 pages. Oh, I know, absolutely. Um yeah, and I, it, it's funny. It's I mean just every every time, I don't know, every, every time I go back to it, yeah, too. It's like just between it's that great thing in your brain where um I forget I'm reading the same book, right? You know, like suddenly I'm like, and I have to like keep reorienting myself. And I mean, I think, you know, that that's also, they say that sort of like when you travel, right? Like your brain, you know, just having, having it mixed up, you know, how you like go to like the corner store, right? Mm -hmm. And by like Mm -hmm. a soft drink, right? Like activates, you know, like parts of your brain, right? And like certain just like aspects of like thought and creativity that, 
won't happen right if you're not like in the sort of new you know um this book really does that you know for me where it's like I read it and I feel like I've read 10 books you know I sort of like have that gain Mm -hmm. right it's a really brave collection uh especially when you get to this one story that's literally about the um American immigrant experience of becoming American yeah and this section is literally about like the disappointment involved yeah. of taking on this new nation and 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 throwing away your uh past mm-hmm. um which i don't think that might have been as uh as brave a story maybe six months ago feeling but like now i'm just like oh like someone will be mad at her about this story uh it's which is this really scary thought that i'm feel like i had to contend with Well, thank you so much for bringing this collection. It's it's I recommend it highly. Yeah, anybody, me too. Um, along with your work, but let's also just move into recommendations. Let's start re- recommending a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We read some pretty cool books. We recommend you take a look. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, Is this just books or is it like... Oh, it can be anything you want. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, It can be anything you'd like to recommend. All right. Um, I'm going to recommend a book, though. I'm going to recommend J.D. Daniels' The The Correspondence. Um, It's this really slim little book out from FSG. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I guess they're in the form of letters. Mm-hmm. Um, they say like letter from the area that he's writing from and the very first one and you know this is where I w- realized like I'm gonna plow through this whole thing mm-hmm. and I'm sad it's short mm-hmm. um, was and it says he's just gotten divorced and uh, he uh, decides to start doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu Whoa. and he's just like it felt good to get beat up um, <laughs> Like on purpose, <laughs> um, and and from that point on, and there's he and he lets himself focus on something, and then really like there will just be a left turn into something bizarre, another thought process that he was having that was obviously tangential to the, what he was talking about. It's an incredible, weird uh, little. It's it's really tiny. It's like 130 pages. Cool, um, but it's a cool little little slim volume, and you get to know so much about about this writer. Um, I guess the few of them were in the Paris Review, but this is an awesome way to come across it as well as a whole mm. book. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to go next, Alyssa? Oh, no. No. Okay. Um, Drew? Okay. I'm going to... Re- it. It is narrative focused, but it's not a book. It okay. is a podcast. Mm. Um, the Adventure Zone. Okay. Which, for anybody who's familiar with My Brother, My Brother and Me, the mm. satirical advice show, it's the three McElroy brothers and their dad playing Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm which they did as like a goof for Mm -hmm. like one throwaway episode, but it has become, it's run for maybe two and a half years. uh, And it's things are, things are coming to a head right now. And I'll be Mm -hmm. curious to see if they continue the show. Um, But it, on a narrative level, the storytelling that they are doing is incredible. Like, yes, there are these moments of, uh, roll a perception check. And you hear like dice roll in the band. They're like, "I, I got a critical fail. So there's like some elements of the nerdiness involved, mm-hmm. but also th- like narratively, I can't wait for Griffin McElroy to write a novel because <laughs> the there campaigns that he's putting together, I'm like, holy shit, you're doing this better than most people in fantasy today. Mm. Mm. 
I, uh, I deeply want to play Dungeons and Dragons someday. <laughs> I've never been, I've never been asked or been invited to join someone's group. But I'd this like show <laughs> has gotten me into Just it. Just put so out a call. Yeah, yeah this is it. Let's talk, my man. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I uh, bet you can make it happen. I, I think so. <laughs> Listeners, if you'd like to play with us, <laughs> please write to so many damn books at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Done. Uh, we don't get enough email. <laughs> <laughs> um, are um, you ready now? Yeah, no. So I, I can recommend I can recommend a horror movie. Ooh. Um, Here Comes the Devil. Um, so it was released in um, 2012. Uh, it's a Mexican film. Um, narratively, it's amazing. Um, it's one of those things. I mean, I think in horror so often, it's like whether or not you enjoy it depends upon sort of like if like the twist Mm -hmm. right you know so it's like it sucks when the twist comes you know like you sort of predict it too early right Mm -hmm. you know or then sometimes like it comes and you're like wait that doesn't even make sense right you know (laughs) or like things don't add up you know and this I mean it just like straddles like that great line right where you're like well maybe in all possibilities right or like equally you know like terrifying and creepy right you know so that I mean when when you do find out it's more just sort of like an unveiling of the truth Mm. right you know like rather than this like you know oh you know like affirmation or disappointment Mm -hmm. um yeah phenomenal wow cool i love horror movies me too i love scary stuff me too i can't do it uh thank you so much Alyssa, for joining us yeah and thank you for these books too my god yeah uh we are a big big fans of all of your work and uh, you. everyone is going to get blown away by how awesome made for love is oh thank you yeah cool all right bye everybody <laughs> goodbye you are not a robot you're lovable so lovable but you're just trouble guess what well let's uh, let's oh my god i just got a marshmallow <laughs> they're good it was awesome yeah it was so surprising i was like what is this this is not an ice cube mm. it's like you win something yeah, yeah. the sips when you get a marshmallow